Minister Malcolm, you have suggested that there are all kinds of movements in Harlem growing that you and I don't know about. Oh yes, uh, frustration itself has been has been sufficient. All that was necessary to make Negroes realize the the importance of banding together, and Negroes are banding together. Banding together in what kind of movements? Uh, different kinds of movements, all kinds of movements, and and they remain almost invisible. They remain almost unknown. But yet they are there. When I say invisible, I mean invisible in the sense that their existence is unknown. And no matter how much you try and track them down, you can't find them. And never try and find them through the Negro leaders. The Negro leaders are famous as apologists. If you recall, one of the most famous Negro leaders in 1959 was asked by you uh, about the black Muslim movement. And he said he knew nothing about it. And the next moment you flashed a picture on the screen with him shaking hands with me. So uh, if you will recall. So this is what this is their policy. This is their attitude or their reaction. They never know what's going on in the Negro community. And what form will the activities of these various so-called invisible movements take in Harlem well, this summer? An example: uh, Commissioner Murphy. Almost every statement that Commissioner Murphy makes uh, would give you the impression that he's encouraging the police, rank and file policemen. That, uh, to take whatever method or measures necessary to hold the Negroes in check. Uh, he feeds the type of statistics to the white public to make them think that Harlem is a complete criminal area, that everyone is prone toward violence. This gives the police the uh, impression that they can then go and brutalize the Negroes or suppress the Negroes or even frighten the Negroes. Whenever something happens, 20 police cars converge on one area. This doesn't frighten Negroes. So it means that someone is either misinforming Commissioner Murphy and making him use tactics this year that he would not use four years ago or that the former policeman Kennedy would not use. And, and this uh, force that is so visible in the Harlem community creates a spirit of resentment in every Negro. They think they're living in a police state and they become hostile toward the policeman. They think that the policeman is there to be against them rather than to protect them. And these thoughts, these frustrations, these uh, apprehensions automatically are sufficient to make, this, uh, make these Negroes begin to form means and ways to protect themselves in case the police themselves get too far out of line. Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Alan Houston. Niggas being lowered. Once a neck, always a neck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nickish Show. My name is Mo. Here with Nafi, and you know, first things first, I gotta, I gotta lay it out. One, Black Lives Matter. Two, defund the police. Three, find the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor. Off the bat, gotta get it out there. It's been a couple of weeks since you know you and I recorded Nafi, and there's so much going on that at basketball you you just it just doesn't take precedence precedence over real life matters and uh you know we we paid our we we were we respectfully decided to take it back a notch and educate ourselves and learn and support our black brothers and sisters 
during this time. So this episode is going to be a lot about, you know, what's going on in the world today and our thoughts on it and some of the things that we feel that others are doing that just shouldn't be happening right now. And, um, yeah, man, how you, how you, how you doing right now? Um, I mean, you hit a lot of the, there's a lot's been happening since we last recorded, bro. I'm just, you know, that much is clear, obviously. Um, a lot of like, you know, media headlines will refer to what's going on right now as like a, a, a reawakening, a racial reawakening. And depending on who you ask, and if you can ask somebody that's like been aware and it's like actually not a dumbass, this is long past overdue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there, there are people right now that are finally, quote unquote, realizing why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling in the first place, which he spelled out pretty like matter of factly. And, uh, you know, obviously when he started, started that movement. So if you just just now realizing quote-unquote then you were probably racist in the first place flat out you know what i mean but more so obviously rest in peace to george floyd i don't think if you throw that in there but if mm-hmm. you did i mean doesn't hurt to throw it back in there but of course obviously um arrest the arrest the killers that murdered brianna taylor um yeah it's a it's a heavy time out there bro but um i think first and foremost like you said to those that haven't been um you know, been privy up until like right now because of this quote unquote awakening. You know, it's never too late to learn, be aware, become an ally, um, sign petitions as many as possible, donate to GoFundMe's, donate to like local legitimate organizations that are in this fight for, you know, equality and against systemic racism, institutionalized racism. Um, if you're out on the streets protesting, more power to you, major props, you know what I mean? Like you brave in a pandemic out there to get, make your voice heard. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we got to pay major respects to those people that are actually out there in the fight. You know what I mean? And, yeah, just be an ally. Just like our black brothers and sisters for, for hundreds of years now. You know what I mean? This is not just all of a sudden. It's been, they've been in pain. They've been going through it, like, in layman's terms. And, you know what I mean? Like, just be an ally. Inform yourself. And, yeah. Donate to the cause, because if you're not going to be out in the, in the streets, open up your purse, open up your wallet, you know what I mean? Because money talks, and, like, there's a lot of good good GoFundMes out there, you know what I mean? And, yeah, I mean, I'll throw it back to you. I feel like you had certain, uh, certain yeah, I mean, points you wanted to make, certain things York, to get off your chest. Yeah, today in New York is the it's voting day. You know, it's election day. So by the time this episode's released, hopefully everyone listening already went out on the streets and and voted and um yeah it's been yeah this this whole situation comes close to to you and me to an extent because because of the way we grew up and how a lot of other south asians grew up i mean i'm repping crenshaw right now we grew up on hip-hop we grew up on black culture and for people to have grown up that way and even to a lot of to a lot to a high extent where south asians were saying the n-word left and right you know even today (laughs) if you're saying all that but you're quiet when when the murders are happening when there's police brutality and you have a voice and you decide not to use it but you're so vocal with the n-word like what's what's the matter you know like the these last few weeks it just it just goes to show how um you know there's there's a lot more that can be done and there's a lot more commitment that needs to be made from from us from our point of view as people who are even in this country are able to do everything that we're able to do 
because of our black brothers and sisters, because of the civil rights movements that they were doing. Again, this is not a political podcast. This is, this is a basketball podcast, but let's not forget that when it comes, this isn't a political stance. This is a humanitarian stance that hell yeah, we, we have to stand up for those who are not being treated the way they should be treated simply because they are a few shades different from you and I. And right now we're at a point where you see Twitter, Instagram stories. It looks like it's going back to normal. New York is in phase two right now. And it's, it's a it's an unfortunate trend that some people might have ridden the wave a couple of weeks ago and are kind of just off it right now. And, I hope that mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. just go right back into it and are supporting daily. Uh, you can't, even if you're not signing petitions, even if you're not donating, you're speaking on it. You're able to call out people who you know are not doing the right things, and that's that's what I hope to continue myself. And I hope that you know everyone listening uh, are people who help just end. You can't end racism, but I hope. Within a generation or two, I hope maybe my grandkids or your grandkids or whatever, we they can live in a time point where this is long history. This is this is old history, the the evil twenty twenty year. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about younger generations, I got to give major props to Generation was it Z, the ones yeah. after the millennials, these young kids out there. That's like, you know what I mean? Like they out in the streets, they active, they they active in social media. Like, did you see this thing about how like? This is tangentially related, but, like, you saw how, like, the TikTok teens and, like, the K-pop stands just, like, hijacked Trump's little little racist rally this past weekend. You know what I mean? You know, the, so, you know two of those seats are mine. <laughs> oh, shit. I signed up All for right. two of those seats. Yeah, so. There you go. Representing uh, for the millennials. All right. Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see what I mean? So, like, that's obviously just a microcosm. But, like, yeah, major props to them because you see, like. I don't know, when early on when these protests popped off and you were seeing it, all these clips over, like, social media, I saw, like, a powerful one where it was just, like, right here in D.C., in my own backyard, um, be, like, kids running for the White House, like, a, a black teen, obviously, like, about getting face-to-face with a police officer, and then these his white, like, compadres just, like, throw themselves in front of him, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, as, like, that white human shield. Yeah. That's being an ally, you know what I mean? Like, it's not enough as a white person to just be like, oh, okay, I understand the struggle. I realize my privilege. You know what I mean? You got to actually, like, act, be an active participant. You know what I mean? You got to actually, like, go out there and not just be, um, you got, you can't just be fucking, like, a pa- pacifist. You know what I mean? You can't just be anti-racist. You got to be, like, pro, like, change. You know what I mean? Like, in a simple, simplistic way to, you know what I mean, put that, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to throw that out there. But yeah, to your point about just like, you know what I mean? Like you talk about like the social media trendy, like influencer movement that like hijacked the, the, the fucking protests and shit that like, or the people that just like on that blackout day, they post their, their, their little black image and then that's, that's a rap bare minimum. Yeah. Whoop. Racism solved. You know what I mean? Boom. Put a bandaid on that, on that wound. We good. Boom. Society healed. Can and it's over. You know what I mean? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. But. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, at the very least, I guess, you know, they did their part. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? I but mean. I don't know about you, but, like, I feel like my donations mean more than that fucking social media image or whatever the fuck, that all black shit, which one could argue at the time. I was thinking, it was like, it's kind of counterintuitive. Would it make more sense to post, like, links to, like, r- like resources you could contribute to? Um, you know what I mean? Movements you could, like, throw your wallet at. You know what I mean? Like, petitions you could sign. But nah. We put a black image, and then the next day I go fucking... Posting pictures of my avocado toast and my yeah. fucking 
margaritas and brunches M- and Ma- mango my, mimosas. My fucking dog. Yeah, fucking Philip. Your your fucking pet poodle Philip. Like fuck that dog. But um yeah, and then like another yeah, you've hit it on the head with just like brown folk, especially like our South Asian brethren, like I don't know about you, but, like, we're all, like, you know, this is pure ignorance. You got to cop to it. But, like, even in our younger days, we did say the N-word, like, freely. You know what I mean? But then that's, like, a thing where, like, you got to you gotta realize and grow up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, not, mean, that's not a word to say. And, like, right. you can't just be throwing that word left and right and then just being, like, quiet as a church mouse right now. You know what I mean? Like, right. it just doesn't add up. And to me, that shows that, like... You know, like, that just goes to a major point that, like, yo, fucking racism is prevalent in the South Asian community. That's 100%. a fact. Point blank, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, and it shows up within our own culture, not even just towards, like, black folk, but even just, like, the colorism. You know what I mean? There's so much literature out there about so many just smarter folk that will touch on this. And if, you, if you're ignorant to any of this, what we're speaking on right now, go educate yourself. Because, like, it's 2020. You got a fucking smart computer in your hand, in your pocket, every single day. If you're still walking around ignorant, especially during what's going on right now in our country, that's just a bad look on you and reflects poorly on your character. I'll say that flat out, too. Yeah. So, like, if you're one of these brown folk, these South Asian people that my boy right here, my boy Mo just talked about, you know what I mean? Like... Half y'all names is Mo too. <laughs> Fuck <Stubble>. y'all. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You Mo and you throwing around, oh, my N-word this, my N-word that. You know what I mean? Like, the fuck out of here. To this <laughs> day, and they're still doing it. That part doesn't make sense. After everything that's happened and you're still throwing the N-word, that makes no sense to me. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to our, our brown community in a sec. Um, you sure? I feel like it's a perfect segue. We're talking about one type of scum. Let's talk about the next type of scum. Because I know you got something poignant to get off on off your chest. So. Yeah, I mean it's all it's all through social media, but um, defunding the police, right? I still mm. have friends who I'm still trying to explain and trying to educate them because they don't believe in it. They're like, if you defund the police, crime is just going to go up. But it's not. It doesn't work that way. Obviously, if you're listening Can to I this podcast. In? I, Can I chime in for a second on that? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Just like if you're one of these people, like I know you where you're going with this, but like my major point is like defunding the police is not I wanna just get this out there like right now. It's not a new thing. Mad smart black writers, especially black women writers, have been writing about this for a motherfucking minute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And one book that's on my like reading list that I need to get to that like touches on this, at least like from what I've seen in terms of critiques about this book, is um it's called The New Jim Crow, like mass incarceration, you know what I mean? Like, if y'all are not even aware of this book, put that to your fucking reading list, because I'm about to go p- read this shit this weekend. You know what I mean? What's so, the like, author's name? Um, fuck. If but you like, remember, if you don't. I don't, I don't remember the author, but, like, that was that was the title verbatim. So, you know what I mean? Add that to the list. But, like, that touches on it, but... Shit, where was I going with this? <laughs> um, It's not new, defunding the police. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not new. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. the It's not like... It's not like, oh, poof, just people just, like, came up with it. It's like, all right, you know what? Like, we fucking hate the police so much. Let's just get get rid of them. Nah. It's like, to your point, I didn't want to hijack your moment, but it was just like, you look at all the, st- like, the city budgets that are is publicly available information, by the way. Every other, like, like source or, like, w- like you know, schools, fucking m- medical, like, city care, hospitals. Yeah. like the City essentials. All these other services. You look at city budgets across the nation. The police budget within every fucking city dwarfs everything else. That you could combine all the funds that go to these other, like, areas of a city's, like, you know, uh, p- 
public services and all that, they pale in comparison to the police budget. And for what, bro? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, this is, obviously, this is a topic that's like very like passionate to both of us. But I wanted to kind of throw that in there. Yeah, it's not a new concept. You know what I mean? Like, too, if you're if you're one of the folk that my boy Nilo is talking about, or my boy Mo, my boy Mo is talking about, yeah. and you ignorant to it, and you just like, eh, I don't know. Yo, do the reading, do the homework. You know what I mean? Like, but but not go on. Yeah, I mean, it's what's crazy is that some of these states have. Uh, a budget for their police that's bigger than some countries do. That that shit was crazy to me. I didn't know that. Uh, New York has a six billion dollar budget for the for the NYPD right now, and some of them are the scummiest of the scummy. And some, <laughs> some. So I mean, you know, I'm being I'm being nice, but no, obviously, obviously not. Can't, yeah, you can't be nice during times like yeah. this right now. Yeah, scum of the scum. Like, yeah. These like yo, what, what what what's the fucking like trend that's out there? All cops are bastards. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or FTP. And if y'all don't know what the FTP stands for, look that up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was blasting that while I was, while I was driving the other day. A cop pulled up behind me. <laughs> hey, freedom uh, of speech. Like, yeah, I mean, they... Gonna do, play? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Give you a citation you for vulgar music? Mm. I don't know. Actually, these fuckers, they'll probably fucking put a nice stick in your fucking back and be like, I don't know, you resisted. Sprinkle some crack on him. <laughs> the old Dave Chappelle joke. <laughs> yeah. But no, go on. Uh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Talk, so, talk about your conversations all this, about yeah, all defunding. this stuff. Like, all right, let's let's go to the brown community, right? Our community, our community. Save. So mm-hmm. when I speak, we're not speaking as outsiders. This is like we're, a family we're, we're, discussion. This is a we situation, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a family uh, meeting. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family meeting, right? And uh, obviously, first thing first, no one's perfect. You and I are not perfect. We've had our fair share of errors and mistakes, and we learn from it. And we hope to grow from it continuously. That's um, a fact. Dude, to- Twitter. Twitter has become such a toxic environment. And has become. Naturally, <laughs> naturally, the South Asian community will f- be at the epicenter. It will flow right into it because they – we just we just belong in the middle of toxic environments, and um, it's it, like the last few weeks. I, I this this week in particular, so much shit that I saw that that's just so upsetting. Um, I you live in Virginia, so you're not as familiar with everything that's going on, but um, mm-hmm. I'll give you I'll give you an example, right? Um, there are well one. One one situation that's come up a lot is that there are a lot of women who are coming out with their stories from sexual assault and mm, mm. lots of blessings and lots of love go out to those women who are brave enough to come out with these stories like I, I I can't even fathom I can't even imagine as someone who was not only been in that position and the horror that comes from it but to be able to reopen that that wound and try to call out the individual who committed that heinous crime and be able to just empower other women to come out with their own stories and if a person comes out with a story like that and your initial response in 2020 is, oh, they're two sides to a story. Motherfucker. <laughs> like that shit, that shit baffles me. Oh, they're two sides to a story. Oh, she dressed like this. Oh, she came on to me. Oh, like, and we as a brown community, men, men. South Asian brown men, you cannot be saying that shit anymore. No, it should have been said. You, that should never have been said. You can't say it anymore. Like, if you say that in 2020, you're you're out for good. Like, 
be called Doug. out for it. That's you're you're complicit to it. That just doesn't that just doesn't work. And this the number is like of basic, guys, yeah, it's like basic ABCs at this point, bro. It's like if you still have that mentality right now, that's on you. Like we all learn at our own pace, but it's like it's 2020. That's like that's textbook like blame the victim mentality. You know what I mean? Like, and then all these motherfuckers. That's like oh, there's two sides to the story. We do like they, she could be faking it. Like yeah, you do the research. The, it's statistically like. The, uh, it's a minuscule amount of rape accusations end up being false, but most dudes will point to like the exceptions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why why are you guys so programmed to like to just automatically like side with the with the accused? You know what I mean? Like that's the shit that like it's never excusable, but like it's almost understandable when it's like a celebrity. Cause like let's be honest, it's like celebrity like idolatry and like you know idolizing them. That's like rampant in our society. Like okay, whatever. But like even that's that's trash too. But like if you're just a regular dude and your first instinct is to be like, yo, let's hear him out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This vile rape, like vivid, like retelling of a clearly traumatic episode. You know what I mean? With the with the vivid detail. You know what I mean? We, we we have this in front of us, but let's 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 put that aside for a second, and we'll go to the accused. You know what I mean? Nah, what, what kind of what kind of trash? Like I don't know, bro. It's like you. <sighs> the the hypocrisy is insane. Like if you if you go on the Twitter accounts of these guys, they will be saying Black Lives Matter and mental awareness and let's <laughs> let's protect our women. But then those are the same guys that are commenting back. So I'll. Let me let me give you the example of the craziest bit of hypocrisy that I saw yesterday. Speak on it. You again. You might not be have. You might not have been aware of this, but this was a this was a big story in New York City, uh, at least in the South Asian community. So there was a girl who posted on Twitter a picture of this guy on the subway mm-hmm. staring at her, right? And she commented. She said, "This guy has been following me. This guy has been." Uh, and before and before you you react, you want to hear the whole story. Um, she said, this guy has been following me, and uh, he's, he's been creepy, and he's trying to talk to me, and though I try to get away from him, etc. Naturally, for a woman to have experienced that, I believe it's 100% acceptable to feel some type of way and to call this guy out and to want to protect yourself and be in a fight-or-flight mode. Again, I'm not a woman. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for all the, all the traumatic experiences and all the harassment they have to go through. Um, but she said what she said. That's fine. But then she commented later on i mean other other women were commenting on that post saying like yeah i saw the same guy i saw the same guy he's trying to talk to me too and he keeps following me but then he walks away whatever and then she made a comment she's like i even call some guys on him and he was shook and these guys try to shake him down and the next day she put up a video of these same guys jumping this guy right all this happened within a few hours the sister of the guy who was jumped responded back and said that's my brother he is autistic he's on the spectrum he is currently in therapy trying to improve how to socialize with people and i apologize first and foremost that he's made you feel uncomfortable but believe me he is as nice as it gets and he just has trouble socializing and it's something that we're working on and if you felt uncomfortable or if you felt the need to call him out i'm not sure if you said this part but me personally, if she felt the need to call him out, that was fine. The brown guys trying to play hero and jump the guy is the part that bothers me the most. Because when they jumped him, I didn't watch the video. I heard what was on the video because it was deleted. She kept it up for a few hours and it was deleted. The guy couldn't talk back. You could see that there's trouble with him talking back. Apparently, that he's on spectrum. That something is up and 
he's not able to communicate it. And at that point, it must have been mortifying for his family to have to deal with that. And I'm sure other people who have siblings or family members who are also have some mental illness or on the spectrum, they have that same kind of fear. And it's that hypocrisy that just bothers me so much. Like, it, why try to play a hero? Why try to jump the guy five on one, even though you it it, sh- it should have been obvious at that point that he is suffering from Asperger's, which is what which was what which was the case. Mm. And it's like. And that's not even the final part to the story. She she fucked up big time by posting that video up, and she fucked up big time by calling the guys on him, and getting him jumped and putting it on video. That was messed up on her part. I understand the initial part where she felt threatened. There was one guy who commented on based off her that some like someone called her out, and a guy commented and said, "When you see her, you should slap the shit out of her," mm. because. She got five guys to jump this guy. How, like, the hypocrisy for that is so crazy. Like, how could you, how could you feel so badly about a man who, like, we should, who's not mentally fully there? And I apologize if the, if the language I'm using is, is offensive to anyone who's listening. I, I truly apologize. Um, but at the same time, you're saying that this woman should get slapped the shit out of her. That, that just, brown people. Man, we gotta we gotta do better. We anyway. That's 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 Good the God. shit that I've been dealing with. Good God! I mean, for for full transparency, I told I told Motor not to like drop the story on me until we went live recording. So like, shit. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's not a light situation, but it's just like so many fucking layers to that. Yeah. Um. I mean, first and foremost, I guess. I'll, oh, let you, man. I'll let you digest it for a bit because there's so many layers. It's, it's, I it's kinda, a time. Yeah, it's a time period where people feel that they're doing the right thing, but they're really doing the wrong thing. And then everybody's yeah, trying I mean, to be like, they're trying to sh- do it for the cloud and trying to show that they are. Yeah, yeah. Or like we yeah. are trying to show that we're, we're all uh, more I mean, morally on the right side. Yet some of us are still posting, commenting things that are just completely just goes against it. You can't be you can't be pro mental health and still <laughs> say you should beat women. That you it just doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, I'll say one thing. I respect the motivation of them like, "Ah, right, this dude's a this dude's rapey as hell. Let's go fucking serve some street justice." But it's like you got to get to that moment and like uh, pragmatism needs to come into play. You got to realize right away like if he's on the spectrum and it's that obvious, then it should be clear. And I get it, they, they was all probably seeing red, you know what I mean? Like, that girl was probably very close to each and every one of them dudes. So on that end, I, I guess I respect the motivation, you know what I mean? Like, because let's say, let's say in the scenario, in the more likely scenario that he was not on the spectrum and this was a dude that knew what he was doing, because let's be fair, there's mad dudes out there that act that same way, that are act just as creepy, and they have all their mental facilities, you know what I mean? Like, they got full range of all their thoughts, they know exactly what they're doing. So like if it, like let's just put that let's obviously it's a big it's a big variable to like inter- interchange into this scenario but like if it was just a regular dude and we hear like you know what I mean obviously you and I can't speak to the personal day to day life of what it's like to be a woman and the kind of the fucking fear you need to walk around with in certain situations and not even certain situations probably most situations because let's be let's be honest bro our fail our fellow male bed- brethren are trash and like 
to be honest with you, we're all probably trash in our own way, and we're just trying to get better. But there are dudes out there that like will wear that trashness as a badge of honor. So, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in them shoes. I don't know. That's a fucking messy situation. It's just sad all around. I mean, that's the only thing I could really say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sad for the kid that got beat the fuck up, because obviously he's he's a you know mm-hmm. he's he's on the spectrum. So he's mm-hmm. like you know mental illness coming is comes into play there or obviously I, I i voiced or i echo the same sentiments as my boy mo because if i'm using the incorrect terminology that's just pure ignorance on my part so apologies on that but yeah that's a fucked up situation bro yeah i don't know what else so that's my takeaway speaking Shit. speaking of us as brown guys in our community like there's so like we as brown men we gotta do better there's so many so many stories coming out of boys 18 19 20 21 years old and their stories are coming out of times I mean, when yeah yeah first and foremost is they're not boys let's not infantilize them you know what i mean let's not let they no, they're, no, they're, they're boys pa- who try eight, to dress up as men but not even let's i like that's fair, the thing that's fair, like fair, I, for, for, I see, for the you know what i mean I, I get what you're I, saying no, my point is just like I had the same kind of mentality as you. Like, yeah, these these ain't these ain't real men. They they boys. Not nah, like like once I heard like actual like women speak up and say that's just like a problematic way to refer to it. That's mm-hmm. just like trying to take away the agency of these dudes that are actual grown men mm-hmm. and should know right from wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. No, that's a good point. Very good. point. But that's like I'm not pushing back on you. Like no, 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 way. no, no. That's just like a saying. teaching moment. You know what I um, mean? I, I was saying it as more of an offensive way to them, but I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it makes, I feel it makes you, perfect I feel sense. You. Yeah, yeah. Um. I. Yeah, yeah, the, they boys. These, you know what I mean? These, Whatever the fuck boys. How about these that? These men, these fuck boys. Yeah, uh, all these stories coming out of all the shitty things. Not just shitty. Shitty is such a uh, uh, what? It's such an under understatement to make. So many girls coming out with their stories of being caught in moments with these guys who are doing heinous things and if i were the older brother if i were the a friend of a guy or a friend of a girl who had to go through this and i knew the guy like uh, it's like uh, man i i don't i don't even know i don't you want to go you want to go you'd want to go beat their ass like yeah. and so like, that's why i see that angle of them five dudes these aforementioned five dudes well the difference is that difference is that the guy tried talking to the girl and he wasn't able to get the sentences out but these guys mm-hmm. actually committed acts of rape like yeah, these yeah, girls yeah. were raped, 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 and yeah. it's like these. We're we're reaching a place where, like, guys and girls in in our community aren't going to be able to just keep it together, here, in their heads, and it's like I I'm I'm glad that mental health is becoming a factor of importance now, and it wasn't. Yeah, I want to say even a couple of years ago, no one was really talking about mental health, uh, but it's becoming the the awareness of it is getting bigger and bigger every day, and. I pray for these girls, man. It's gonna be hard for them to really, you know, overcome it. And I pray for these guys who have these predatory thoughts. You know, maybe they haven't acted on it yet, and I hope they never do. And they get to a point where they realize, or probably ain't gonna do it, bro. I'd say to these guys that are even just contemplating shit like this, just go seek therapy. <laughs> yeah, they, there's so many affordable options right there right now. Like I said earlier, like I almost keep saying it, it's 2020. Mm-hmm. Like any kind of ignorance you got can be addressed with like one click away. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that, just, like, go look at the free fucking therapy providers in your area and just get that fucking help. Because my next fucking suggestion is for these ladies to fucking tool up and start shooting these dudes. Like, 
point blank like if you're in an open carry or legal carry state i know new york is tough obviously with the laws out there but you know what i mean like just fucking What's, do whatever it takes start carrying a taser cause, yeah now like, for these, mace, for all these that, stories you know and mean? these girls it's from guys that they know too like you're they were friends yeah. with them and those friends were the ones that betrayed them to that point it's i mean that's the thing we got to address as guys right now too they're definitely multiple many many dudes that we probably know that are like you know our fucking skis balls but they put up that perform performative fucking woke persona you know what i mean like i i, I tight, saw like, i saw i saw just fucking tighten up i saw <laughs> hey, a number yo. of guys posting stories like oh i feel so bad for this girl or like fuck this <clears> guy <throat> who did this girl meanwhile this is the same guy that's cheating on his girl mm, and it's mm, like, mm, like mm. <laughs> yeah i mean Man, we, we got we got to do better. We got to do better. I mean, speaking of doing better, our fucking I mean to that I mean just not not to like really just get too dark. Actually, it's not even getting dark. It's just fucking real but Yo, we live in the dumbest nation in the world, bro. Like <laughs> like on some real shit to like pivot to the fucking pandemic like for a second. Uh, all these really dumb states that just opened up and we said um, which anybody with fucking common sense would say it was a fucking dumb idea. Like, mm-hmm. basically, they adopted the motto of, like, oh, you know, the virus, pfft, it's there. But if we ignore it, you know, just leave it alone. Like, it's okay. <laughs> we'll leave us alone. Now all these fucking states are seeing record numbers. Like, I saw the fucking, the governor of Texas, who's so fuck, fucking steadfast in, like, being anti-mask or some shit or whatever. He's now saying, oh, wear masks, social distance, and all that. But it's now it's fucking too late. It's all these southern states and Bible Belt fucking states, like fucking Arizona. Like, who is a super red state. All these fucking, like, let's put it out there. Like, fuck Donald Trump. So, like, all these fucking states got governors that, like, just want to suck on Trump's titties. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they'll do whatever the fuck. So, like, he's that motherfucker. I've never seen him wear a mask because it's, like, it goes against his frail sense of masculinity, apparently. You know what I mean? So, he's never going to wear a mask. His supporters are fucking retarded. Like, fucking re- You know what? Fuck him. His supporters are, re- like, really, really, really <laughs> stupid. How about that? They're airheads, like, generous, soft brain motherfuckers. So, like, they'll follow along with their dear leader, and these states just did that shit, and that they put so many fucking lives in danger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know, Brent. Like, we live in the dumbest fucking timeline. Like, if it's if you're still one of them people out there that are like, I don't want to wear a mask, it's oppressive, it, it's, it's infringing on my rights to breathe freely, like, shut the fuck up. Mm. Just shut up. <laughs> just, wear, just wear that piece of cloth on your face for, like, your trip to fucking... Well, Baskin Robbins, whatever the fuck. Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just, just, I don't know, bro. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, this is the dumbest, dumbest fucking timeline. <laughs> like, if there's a multiverse, mm-hmm. this is the dumbest one by far. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I just wanted to throw that in there. You know what I mean? Like, we just living in a bad, bad state of affairs. I mean, apparently, COVID-wise, though, COVID-wise, though, it's looking better in New York. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you, but you then, actually like, out there? because of that news, people are walking out there without masks. Like, if you go to a park and you're sitting with your friends and you know that they don't have it and you're it's just you guys, fine. At this point in time, compared to three months ago, fine. But if you're walking in the streets, you're walking through and about people, you're at work, you're not wearing a mask, that's, that's, just, that's just selfish. Yeah. I mean, I'd even go as far to say that, like, you can't even say, oh, I don't know, my friend does not have it because there are asymptomatic carriers out there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, the only way you can know if you're your, your boy or if whoever the fuck, ha- 
No, if like you literally whip out a test, shove that shit up their nose right then and there. You know what I mean? Like that's the only fucking way to be sure. Like that's why, yo. If, I don't know about you, but I've been quarantining right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm taking this shit serious because it's like it's not even like they're actual like Von Miller, all pro NFL player, one of the top like if on the planet right now, walking the earth. He's one of the top five NFL players. He got that shit, and he's still saying it's it's been a tough recovery for him because he's been free, free and clear for weeks now. Yeah. But then last I saw, it's like his lung capacity is not the same as it used to be, and this is an elite peak level athlete. You know what I mean? And you're talking about regular folk, re- regular folks, regular Jims and Joes out there. Jane Doe's, whatever the fuck, walking out there with whatever pre preconditions, predispositions that they're not aware of in their fucking body, and they're exposing themselves to this pandemic that'll leave your lungs. I don't know about you, but I like my lungs. Leave them scarred for do the we, rest of your you life. Your, do you love your lungs? I mean, I love them enough to like not throw myself out there. I'll <laughs> smoke a cigarette, <laughs> but that's just a choice. That's that's a slow like wind down. This shit is like taking the sledgehammer to them shits. Day. Brother, I have conversations daily. I quote when I want to. Shut up. Don't put the spotlight on me. <laughs> we'll get into your drinking habit. How about that? We want to take it there? Yeah, <laughs> me and my monster. Anyway. Anyway, what were we getting at? Yeah, Corona. Um, I actually got tested yeah. for it on, on Saturday because I've been going back to job back sites up. and all the uh, the Mikes and the Steves and all of them, they're not wearing their mask. So, I got tested negative. We're good. We out here. Good shit, good shit. Keep, you, you wear a mask to work, right? Yeah, what hell yeah, you? hell yeah. Dude, I, wait, wear, wait, I, wear, I wear a mask, I wear gloves, I stay 10 feet apart from everybody. I'm taking wait, no wait, chances. Last time we was recording, you were working from home, right? Well, well, how, how recently did they make you go back in? Is well, like I, go, thing I go once a week. So the job sites, oh, I got, I, I, got you, got you, yeah, got I gotta actually go physically and see like if they're doing everything they're supposed to. Uh, for those listening, I work in construction, uh, so that's where job sites come in. I gotta walk through buildings and shit. Yeah, he's a foreman. You know what I mean? Got the hard hat and everything. Dude, I can't. I can barely use shit. a fucking hammer. Don't say that. I'm trying to gas <laughs> you up. My man's a renaissance man. Podcasting and building buildings, brick by brick by hand by <laughs> by day. You know what I mean? But um. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a perfect segue into some NBA-related matters. Yeah. Which, I don't know if you got some thoughts, but I got some thoughts. Did you want to take it away? No, I mean, let's... What are the main headlines right now? I, I've been I've been following... The main yeah, headline... I know, I know you've been following it a lot more than I have, but I've been, I've been keeping up. But, yeah, what are, your, what are the main headlines that I really mean, in stick the midst out to of, In the midst of all the fucking crazy shit that's going on in the world, you see, and you be on Twitter trying to get be plugged into the real life shit you see the fucking nba news trickling here and there i was like oh yeah these idiots are still trying to return and like we said it from jump like the, obviously this whole return plan is just straight up it's all about the almighty dollar you know what mm-hmm. i mean i think i saw like the figure is like if they don't if they cancel the season whole league loses two billy and like 1.2 that two billy is like the player's money you know what i mean yeah. so obviously i get the financial motivation motivations but Dog, we just found out today Nikola Jokic just got fucking tested positive. You know? Yeah. Like, and he's coming. <laughs> he's in Serbia right now, and he's coming to Denver. They're expecting to come back next week. You know, he just yeah, got tested it, positive for it. He apparently had it for a week, but you can't send a man on a plane to Denver once he gets tested positive for corona. But they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the extra layer to that, Denver has elevated like elevation, like it's no joke out there. Oh yeah, like, I apparently didn't think about. 
there are NFL players that have like that I know for a fact that have like sickle cell anemia. They would skip the games to Denver. Period. Like they wow. would just be back home. You know what I mean? So like it's that serious. So like this is a fucking like I said a disease that ravages your lungs, and this man Nikola Jokic is going back to Denver. You know what I mean? Even briefly, because they're, they're going to fly back into their quote-unquote bubble, whatever the fuck, if that happens. And my biggest point is, it's like, I saw some shit how, like, like yeah, all the players and all the team officials and whatever the hell are going to be, like, well-quarantined, when all, well, all that, they're going to have all the precautions. But, like, apparently the Disney workers were, to, to, to the best of my knowledge, to that point of the article I read, like, a couple of days ago, they'll still be able to go in and out of the bubble, quote-unquote. How does that work, bro? It's not a bubble. It's a Petri dish. Like, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like a complicated situation because it's like yeah. ESPN is negotiating, negotiating with obviously fucking the NBA for like the, the rights to air this shit. Disney owns the ESPN and Disney's going to be hosting that shit in their fucking facilities. And they, and apparently I read Disney has in, the, in their employees that work at the theme park, there's four different unions that the NBA and all these different parties have to negotiate amongst each other. So it's like all this shit is in the air. And the whole biggest thing seems to be like we're gonna we're gonna keep plugging along, even though in the state of Florida this shit is becoming the worst it's ever been so far. You it's know what becoming I mean? the epicenter. Yeah, yeah. It might already like, be it. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I don't know if MLS is still trying to play soccer there too. I think they're trying to go to Florida in Disney World and try to play there. It makes no sense. Yeah, and then just I don't know. I saw some shit that like really opened my eyes. I was on um I think it was True Hoop. Is um if, if y'all on Twitter, it's a it's it used to be affiliated with ESPN for a long while, like a blog, but um I think it's Mr. Henry Abbott that runs it. He's like a super smart basketball writer, pro uh-huh. stats or whatever. But he put out like an article. I think it was him. It might have been him, but I know it was from the True Hoop account. That was like I saw some screenshot screenshots floating around. It was apparently Adam Silver is mad cool with Jared Kushner, fucking Trump's son-in-law, who works in an advisor in the White House. That's new. So I all didn't know it, that. So all this and they're like boys apparently. Hmm. So apparently all this is Trump. Like, not Trump, Silver, plugging away with bringing the NBA back to appease Trump to get on his good side. And if that's a fact, and if that's an actual legitimate thing, and I believe it, if he's that tight with this, this piece of shit in the White House, then fuck Adam Silver. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> like, that's so weird, because that goes against everything that we've known about Adam Silver. Which, like, to, like you got that blows to my point. Be skeptical Donald of these motherfuckers. Be skeptical of these motherfuckers, bro. It's all performative. Like, the, all the, like I saw somebody make a good point. Adam Silver gets all his praise for easy-ass fucking wins. Like, oh, he's pro-LGBT, and he, like, is in the LGBT parade, even though his office and NBA headquarters are on the parade route. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> what a... <laughs> <laughs> like, these are easy wins. You know what I mean? And, and that... You're, oh, okay. Let's uh, let's give the pay- players more power. Oh my God, Adam Silver's a fucking genius. Like I gotta give props to the mixtape boys because they've been on this wave for a minute. They're just like Adam Silver got the easiest job in the fucking world up until like the China fiasco. Yeah. You know what I mean, because he fumbled that shit. Which even in, even at that point, it wasn't even a fumble on his end because he was just protecting his own interests and his and his owner's interests. Because you don't want to f- mess up. You don't want to piss off China because that's that's big money. You know what I mean? But yeah, basically, this is Silver's apparently his way of getting on Trump's good side because I don't know if you recall when the uh, with the anthem kneeling shit that was happening years ago, Trump like called like just called out the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then the mm-hmm. owners over there fucking buckled because they're all fucking Trump supporters. Yep. You know what I mean? And like Silver is like trying to be on Trump's quote unquote good side up until like they quote unquote have to fucking cancel this 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 new season they're trying to bring back. So. That's my biggest point. Fuck, fuck Silver, and we already know it's all 
capitalistic desire that's driving this this push to bring back a sport in the midst of a fucking pandemic in a state in a city that's within a state that's turning into a fucking hellhole. So I don't know. It's just fucking stupid. That's my that's my overarching point right now. And fuck Adam Silver. Do you concur? <laughs> I I 100% concur. Uh, I, there's not much I can add to it. Fuck Adam Silver for for this. But <laughs> I mean, I understand all the players who even in the even even from like two three weeks ago who were against this because they're trying to they're trying to secure their bag. They're trying to make sure that they are insured because God yeah. forbid one of their guys gets COVID and the NBA doesn't insure them, they're gonna get fucked. And yeah, yeah. that's why that's yeah. why a lot of these players have been pushing against pushing I, it. I, yeah, I saw another thing where like the CBA apparently like the the, the collective bar- bargaining agreement for the players. Apparently, there's a clause in there where like if the C- if any season gets canceled for whatever, for whatever reason, it allows the owners to just cancel the CBA period hmm. and start brand new, hmm. which would lead to a probably lockout. So I understand that from the players' point of view, but digging into this 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 focus on the players real real quick real quick. I don't know if you caught it, but you remember the Kyrie like fucking fiasco or like the drama, quote unquote, last week? Yeah. Where him, where the vice president of the NBA Players Union had the audacity to speak for other players. Apparently, that's a major controversial topic, which goes to my next like, uh, like fuck you is to Adrian Wojnarowski because that fucking dickhead. You saw his article was like Kyrie the disruptor. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. and then Yahoo puts out an article literally two minutes later that's like Kyrie was speaking for up to eight, upwards of eighty players. You know what I mean? As his role as the VP of the Players Union, he was speaking for multiple players and he's bringing valid points and all these white fucking sports writers are being mad fucking paternalistic trying to talk down on Kyrie and to be fair right message wrong messenger because obviously Kyrie's had his blunders you know what I mean like that fucking flat flat earth shit I thought he was a fucking dumbass and I still fucking do for that bullshit that was unnecessary mm-hmm, bro mm-hmm. even if he was trolling don't put that shit out there you <laughs> like your kids fucking look up to you you yeah. know what I mean like whatever but <laughs> we wasn't recording back then or at least I don't think so but Anyway, so right message, wrong messenger. But Kyrie's point was just like, yo, this is an unprecedented time in our fucking country. You know what I mean? And there's no distractions. That's why all there's such a bigger microscope on issues that should have already been fucking like widely known. You know what I mean? Like Corona and all this 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 like racial reawakening, mm-hmm, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect opportunity. And I see that point of view that Kyrie, I never thought of it until like it came out like that. But it's like, yo, it's a fact. Once sports comes on. It's like these protests and like these significant like movements that are happening right now. It'll just be another headline. You know what I mean? Right. Not the main headline. It'll just be like, oh, okay, we had protests in Seattle. Now let's go to our sports guy to talk about Kyrie's triple double or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, and I also see the point of view where it's like, nah, they could use their platform while they're playing to like, you know, help uh, elevate the message. But I, I think I think you, yeah, they, they might be better. It's off. fair. Yeah. It, it, it's fair, but it's also just like it's true. Those sports are a distraction at the end of the day. Yeah, like people say that all the time. That's why you got so many fucking idiots. They're like, oh, I don't want politics to mix with my sports. Get the fuck out of here if you're one of them people. Politics been mixed with sports. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to to the all the way back to the days of Muhammad Ali, and even before that, to the days of Bill Russell. Politics has been ingrained in all American sports for generations. You know what I mean? But I I do see the point where it's just like you know what. I think it was Dwight Howard as well that had the same point, and yeah. Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. Yo, first of all, 
like side note, let me find out Avery Bradley is like an eloquent, like location, loquacious, you know what I mean, studious motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't want to judge a book by his yeah. cover, but he's like his personality on the court is like the grimy, like defensive pit bull. Yeah. But if it turns out like off the court, he's like the black Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, dude got like a master's degree. <laughs> uh, he walks Political around with science that we had no idea. Like a, <laughs> he walks around with like fucking a monocle, yeah. and a tweed jacket. <laughs> But, what you uh, doing? Uh, what you doing tonight? Reading <laughs> <laughs> three books at once. What are you doing? <laughs> and one of them, one of them books is like the fucking defensive yeah. playbook. <laughs> Multitask. I'm, I'm writing nah, one too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, y'all, y'all go to yeah, the club. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna write this shit real quick. Uh, yeah, real quick. I'm about to do a dissertation on Hemingway and then just go <laughs> do fucking suicides. I don't know. Props to Avery Bradley is my point. But mm-hmm. like, apparently, yeah, he was speaking up. Dwight Howard spoke up, and Dwight Howard was like, he said it even more poignantly. He's like, yo, this is this is an unprecedented time, basically, and we need to weigh our options of, like, rushing back. And, you know, to be fair, the NBA did come out and say, like, if the players don't want to play, they don't have to. So I guess that's fair, you know? Like, I don't know. It just, just seems like my uh, – actually, to circle back, I just want to say Kyrie – like props to him for speaking up and uses his platform as a VP of the players union. Yeah, as much as we shit on him, that's lots of props. Yeah, major props. And you know, he might be the wrong messenger, quote unquote, but whatever the fuck, he's it's a valid message anyway. Yeah. And my second point on that is just fuck these the white fucking sports media. You know what I mean? Like there's a I saw there's a dude that works for Fox Sports. I don't know if you've seen his name, Jason McIntyre. He said he said some bullshit he's like, oh, Kyrie's just acting entitled. That in itself is ironic as fuck. Yeah. You, a white <laughs> sports writer, just like saying, oh, boo-hoo, like, f- f- fuck your, your valid needs. I want to see you play ball. Use your platform. Shut up and dribble. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, shut up. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, these sports writers, bro. Motherfuckers just deserve a slap or two. Because I feel like a lot of these dudes just got picked last in gym class or got stuffed in lockers, and then they just grew up and wrote about the, mm-hmm. the, the dudes that mm-hmm. did the stuffing. You know what I mean? So... Whatever. Let yeah. me get off my soapbox real quick. Yeah, no, I, I it's such a complicated situation because at the same time I feel bad for the NBA players who are relying on this check or relying on these checks because they are trying to make it to the next level. The, so, there mm-hmm. might have been some players who are ready for an, uh, a contract extension or a new contract, and they're on a roll and we're expecting to get paid. And if they don't, you know, yeah. they're worried for their families, which <clears> I understand. And then at the end of the day, we're at we're at a time period where. We're, see- we're seeing so many problems, and we're still not seeing the solutions. How are Breonna Taylor's murderers still not arrested? Like, shit like that. Like, one- until, until, until those key things don't change or aren't resolved, I don't believe there should be an NBA season. All the things that everybody... Obviously, you can't stop racism tomorrow or this year, but... All those key you things, defunding the police, right. Yeah, you, you could dismantle the systems that enable racism. Right. That have been fucking the, the tools to, like, carry out racism. Mm-hmm. The police is just a start. Right. The judicial system needs that shit, too. You know what I mean? Why do you think these cops that do get arrested for killing the black folk just end up getting slapped on the wrist? Mm-hmm. And they just end up getting a fucking pension anyway? Right. Like, it's a, it's, it's got to be a top-down overhaul, but I just want to throw yeah, that poli- out Yeah, politically, <laughs> too, because these these police unions are always, have so much power held over all these politicians and— these politicians are yeah. also getting paid, but uh, if the NBA comes back, if sports comes back, everything's gonna get dis- everyone's gonna be so distracted that 
I feel like all these guys who can make these decisions are just waiting it out at this point. And just, they're just waiting for people to, they're waiting for the number of protesters to drop, the number of, you know, support that Black Lives Matter is getting to drop until people start not to mention it anymore, unfortunately. And I feel like that's what happened when Eric Garner was murdered and there was a, there was a big movement for it and it kind of just simmered down. And I don't think, I don't think there should be sports. I don't need sports right now. I, I'd rather, I'd rather see justice at this point. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure a lot of NBA players, a lot of athletes, a lot of people would agree. Yeah, and especially since we're in a fucking pandemic anyway. Yeah. Like, if this is the moment for you to, like, cancel sports so that there's a, a, a more attention on shit that actually matters, like systemic racism, and you have the pandemic as a legitimate excuse to cancel your sport, then fucking do it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, though, it's the same, the same shit that, like, just drives systemic racism and fuels it, like, the almighty dollar like money is the same reason why fucking the sports is doing whatever the fuck it takes to come back because like you talk about the nba the nfl is a, a, a few months away from like starting up their training camp and they're still acting like it's, everything's gonna be like normal they're talking about having fans in the stands and shit you know what i mean like i saw um dr anthony fauci if that's mm-hmm. how you pr- mm-hmm. pronounce his name like the man that's been yeah. out there spreading yeah. the good words the spreading goat. his expertise he was saying um yeah for the nfl to come back safely they're gonna need to have empty arenas uh, social distancing, all that, and then the fucking the players' union comes on. They're just like, "Oh, we respect your opinion, but uh, we're weighing all our pros and cons." <laughs> Bitch, you the player <laughs> NFL players' union. This man has like forgotten more about epi- uh, like his field of study than I know about or that they know about anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, are you fucking kidding me, uh, bro? I, I'm so fucking pissed off about that. That shit was just like it go. It went on the radar because like on on a day to day, it's a fucking blitz of fucking news and shit. I like, see what one, you did there. That's a good pun. That was actually pretty good. Yeah. good. Blitz, yeah. NFL, yeah. yeah. Props, yeah. Oh, let's pretend that was intentional. But that shit gets lost in the wind. Because, like, obviously, who the fuck is checking for the NFL Players Union in response to a fucking, the one of the smartest doctors on the fucking planet? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that shit just had my blood boiling. I was like, bro, this is the entitled, like, ignorance that, like, is only thrives in, in the American culture. You know what I mean? Because I saw a tweet today that's probably as accurate as fuck. You see how, like... Every other state looks at Florida as, like, the fucking dumb cousin in the family. Like, yo, that, that state is just an embarrassment. Mm-hmm. That's how the whole world sees America. Yeah. We, are Amer- we are the world's Florida. Like, mm-hmm. like bro, it sometimes it just leaves me speechless. Like, every day is just one, one big face palm after the other. You know what I mean? Like, all we can do is just do whatever our fucking parts can be to, like, enact change. Because, bro. Yeah. Yeah, no sports till <laughs> justice, man. New hashtag. <clears throat> Facts. And also, like, since we on that topic, can we please find out who's lynching all these black folk across the nation? And, like, all these police departments just coincidentally happen to say, oh, it's a, it's a suicide mm-hmm. almost immediately. That don't seem sus to anybody that has any inkling of power in our country. Can we just, can we just take, a, take, take, a, take, a, take a pause to just check on that real quick? Lynching is happening in the United States. What the fuck is going on, bro? Like, it's still happening. I saw you. You seen Black Klansman? No. Like Spike Lee movie? Yo, amazing movie. Amazing. The one from like movie, the one bro. from like a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Amazing yeah. No, movie. I, I saw it in theaters and it. I sat the other day. I, my, I've heard it was girl. really good. I've been meaning to watch it. Bro. It's not. It's not on. It's not streaming, it's not, it's, right? It's on H. It's on HBO right now oh, until like right. July first. So get on that shit, yeah, bro. That. Get on that shit because yeah. that's an amazing movie. But um, it obviously deals with like a black dude going undercover with the KKK, and um topic of lynchings obviously come up you know what i mean is that based and on that's based like, on a true story right because there's an actual 1, guy 
There's an actual one thousand percent fact. One thousand percent fact. Yeah. It's yeah, and then like obviously there's like the creative liberties like you know any director will take, but like you look that shit up that all that shit happened, but um. Yeah, it touches on basically just, like, America's, like, ugly history of just being in bed with fucking racism. Like, America and white supremacy and racism go fucking hand in hand. Mm-hmm. That's our origin story. You know what I mean? Like, and, like, if if it's now when our nation just has a reckoning about it and if we just fucking come to grips with it, then fucking it's way overdue. <laughs> like, I'll do you one better. You've seen uh, the show Watchmen? Didn't it just come HBO? out? It came out last year, but um, that's sh- amazing show, bro. That whole show is just deals with like the plight of systemic racism and like what black folk have been through in this country, and it ties it all together amazingly. Amazing show. You got to see that. You got to see Black Klansman. But um, that even just touches on um, it starts with it's not a spoiler. It's literally like the first two minutes of the series, but it's it starts off from the Tulsa massacre, the Black Wall Street massacre. Yeah. Where are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. It's a, so it's I, ironically like, Trump had his rally a century later. Not even ironically that that, that shit was like intentional. Ironic, yeah, yeah. But it's just like that was a black a black utopia thriving community yeah. that just got burned down because of jealous white folk. Mm-hmm. Whole city burned to the ground. Yeah. And it's just like flash forward now we literally still have like lynchings going on here and there. It was like a couple in Cali. It was one in New York. Mm-hmm. It was like one in Florida. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them. You mean the police are just like, nah, it's just... All in a span of, of two days, three days? Yeah, because the police is the one that fucking probably doing this shit, bro. <laughs> Yo, it's it's an ugly time, bro. And, like, right now, it's just, like, our miniature fucking vent session. But the biggest thing I could fucking say is just, like... I just mentioned some movies, but, yo, go read books, read articles. You know what I mean? Like, just get smarter about this shit and do your part to help in any whatever way you can. You know what I mean? If you If you can be out there in the streets protesting, do it. You know what I mean? Everybody can sign a petition. That should take two seconds. On our Nick's Twitter page, there was a uh, we had a tweet up where um it was like you click a link and it'll, it'll automatically just fill out a, a full email to the Lou, Lou, Louisville uh, police chief's email. Yeah. You know what I mean? To address fucking yo, bring some accountability and find Breonna Taylor's killers. Put that, do that shit. You know what I mean? Send send emails, donate, but. You know, this is repetitive at this point, but it needs to be repetitive. This message needs to be fucking hammered over people's heads, bro. Like, it's now or never, you know? Don't be just a spectator. I'll close that. Close it out with that. If this, <laughs> if this doesn't get resolved during a pandemic when no one's doing anything, God, man, like, I, I, can't, I can't see it ever actually truly working out. Bro, this has got to be, this has got to be the start of something, bro. There's got to be something like this. Is, this can't just like this can't be movement that just fizzles out. And thankfully, it's not. You know what I mean, day to day, we're still seeing protests happening all over the nation. Numbers are strong. They're rolling deep out there. Much respect to all of them, mm-hmm. all of them folks. You know, do whatever it takes. You know what I mean? That was the fucking Avengers motto in Endgame. <laughs> this is our Endgame. Whatever it takes. <laughs> whatever motherfucking takes. To quote the great Steve Rogers, he'd be out there protesting. You know it. <laughs> Protect, protecting, <laughs> protecting the protesters with the shield. Fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, throw, out, throw out the red, white, and blue. Put that shit with the BLM. That'd be dope. Hell yeah. Motherf- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, anyway. How's, how's everything with you? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I mean, 
Do you want to get into the Knicks head coaching search right now? I feel like it's always going to just... – Might as well. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know what? I got to give props to Macri. I don't know if you've been listening to his latest podcast, but um, he's obviously doing his thing, obviously with the Knicks film school. But his biggest thing is just like, hey, man, there's a lot going on. And he'll, he'll, he'll obviously touch on uh, the, the real shit that's going on. But his motivation is like, yo, folks need a distraction. If they could, we could provide – or if he can provide his mentality was if he could provide like 45 minutes of just like an escape, some deep – decompression. I heard that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, let's let's talk about the Knicks right now because we got a coaching search underway. That's always exciting times for a ball team. Yes. Yeah, you want to yeah, talk, talk about our candidates? Yeah, an ice cream truck passing by so you might <laughs> hear that shit in the background. Um, yeah. Yo, speaking of, I saw uh, something that went viral. I didn't click the video myself, but apparently there's like a racist origin to the ice cream truck no. theme song. <laughs> I'm, not, well, I'm not even surprised, but no... Is there? Yeah, that's the only reason I'm laughing. I was like, God damn it! I should have known. Is that should have like known? A, like a Mr. Softy thing, or like the the concept of an ice cream truck? I don't know. I don't know. I got I got to find the post, but like I didn't. I, it was just one of them things I scrolled by, but it was from like a verified account. And I was like, I right, I'll, I'll come oh back to this later. God. But uh, if I find the video, I'll send it to you. But apparently, yeah, bro. Like, you know, racism is as American like, as pie. Like you know fuck. I mean? Like oh, you don't you don't belong in this block. Get the fuck out of here. You can't take this cone type shit. I I can already imagine it. <laughs> I don't know, but um, yeah, next coaching search. Um, you know, we had a little Thibodeau back and forth. Yeah, um, I mean, all right, let me. I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it on record that you know, with Tom Thibodeau, I know I was very vocal about a month ago that I was against the signing of it. I'll say today, say all sorts of false stuff, left, left and right. <laughs> wait, 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 what's that? What's that? Now? I'll say saying all sorts of false stuff, left and right. Nah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That. That's not all false stuff. But I mean, you overall. Uh, uh, I mean, you said he's he's a veteran-oriented coach. That's very false, brother. <laughs> I think the next day, Macri dropped like a newsletter that debunked all that. <laughs> but no, no, go ahead. I don't mean to. I, the the minutes thing will always be there, <laughs> no matter what. I, you can't you can't debunk that, but. No, if, the menacing, yeah. If, but like, if Tom Thibodeau like, were if Tom Thibodeau were were signed as a head coach, I I would be happy. I think it's very promising as long as he maintains their minutes, which I believe he will, given how much criticism he's gotten over it for the last. I want to say at this point, I mean, D Rose went down in what 20, 2011, 2012. So for a decade now, yeah. he's gotten a lot of bad rep for it, and um, there was definitely a point made to it when Carl Anthony Towns and. Wiggins were also getting high minutes. I'm sure what if he were to be a Knicks head coach with the young team that we have, that that same thing would not would not happen. Said the work ethic would still be there, the harder will still be there, and you know he's gonna build heart into them. So I I I wouldn't be opposed to it. But what I really do like is that in a span of a week, maybe two, we went from hearing Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Atkinson, and Mike Miller to suddenly. A whole long list of legitimate names, except for maybe Jason Kidd and my, uh, Mike Brown. I I think he's he's definitely Fuck overrated. Jason Kidd, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so to quote to quote his ex-wife, that dude's a fucking monster. <laughs> like, he's a fucking wife beater, bro. Damn. <laughs> like, not nah, dead ass. Like that's a that's a motherfucking fact. And he just got a DUI a couple years ago. So like, I I know he, about the DUI because I was right before I, he started the season. I think with with us with the Knicks, but the wife beating thing that's news to me. Nah, and that's what was that? known, bro. That years ago when he was on the Nets, mm. but like that's why they divorced. Like he beat the shit out of her, that's bro. That's fucked up. Many, many times. Like that's really yeah. He's a piece up. of shit. Damn. He's he's a major piece of shit, bro. So like I would 
politely decline kid as our coach. Yeah. That's my two cents. <laughs> um, and the crazy thing is that from a list yeah. of 11, 12 names, at least 10 of them are very solid options. And I, I yeah. really like I really like the approach to it. Make make it a grand scheme. Don't don't buckle down just three off the bat and choose choose one. Do your homework. You have the time for it now. Do your homework. Find the best person that fits this team and the direction we're heading to, which should be the playoffs. So I don't think Leon Rose is going to come on and next season he's he's going to be okay with not making it to the playoffs. So I think I think they're going to do their homework just the right way with all these with all the guys that with all the guys that they just signed for the front office. I think a good amount of homework will be done for the coaching sign, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, though, in our last coaching search in uh, 2018, I think uh, homie that's with uh, Locked On Knicks, Alex Wolf, said it, uh, why are people surprised that the Knicks are interviewing so many people? They did the same thing in 2018. <laughs> we had a pretty thorough list back then, too, to be fair. But then again, we had Steve Mills running shit back then and not Leon and his posse, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, definitely do love the... Of the list of new candidates have come out, um, except for Jason Kidd. Fuck him. Uh, Mike Mike Brown, I'm Ehan, but like you know, he's been with the Warriors for a minute. And um, say what you will, even just going back to his Cavs days, both instances he has a rep as like a master defensive teacher. That th- I think those words came from LeBron himself as well. And you know, Brian Windhorst, that little gerbil that like be sitting in LeBron's mm-hmm. back pocket. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He, he even said all the time that LeBron, uh, uh, in private circles, always like gives praise to Mike Brown for his tutelage on the defensive end. But that's as far as I go, because I don't know. I don't. I don't want him. I don't want Mike Brown as the next New York Knicks head coach. Me neither. But he, he also as well. he has coached a lot of great players over the years, including Kobe. Yes, sir. He also. I mean, obviously it's a sensitive time, so he can't be for sure. But he also seems like a nice guy. So you know, as opposed to Jason Kidd, who's very much not a nice guy. Fuck that dude. But um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want to first of all say shout out to myself for calling him a You know what I mean? You know, I, like fun fact. After we recorded that podcast and I mentioned him. Just shot off a quick text to Leon. You know what I mean? Just uh, you know, just let him know. Let mm-hmm. him know. I told him though, you just wait like a month to like announce that and him as a candidate. Don't want to bring too much heat. And he just sent me a winky face. <laughs> Thing is, I didn't verify if it was a number or not. So I don't know. But regardless, <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, obviously, I, when I when I mentioned him, I wasn't like saying I was an expert on him. I just saw him mentioned by some reporters that like as like a name to watch in the last couple of years. And you just dig into his background. You know, he's uh, apparently a player development guy. Um, obviously, he worked with Kawhi in San Antonio, but he also apparently helped DeJounte Murray with his uh, his development. You know what I mean? Excellent, um, excellent player. Uh, Derek White as well. I think he only had, like, about one or two years with Derek White. Also but uh, very he went good. from, like, mm-hmm. exactly. He went from, like, off, like, just not even getting playing time to, like, being a defensive dynamo his second year. So if you don't got a hand in that. That's that's I feel like that's a nice notch on his belt, so I definitely wouldn't mind him. But um, you know, part of me thinks I don't know. Just we got we we Knicks fans, so we got scar tissue from obviously the multitude of fucking coaches we had. So I feel like we've been having like these quote unquote unproven guys. You know, Fizzo was just coming off his first job. Fisher was brand new. Hornacek was just coming off his first job. So I feel like. Part of me still lean towards Thibodeau, and that could just be just because for the last few weeks, and I've just internally came to grips with just like he's probably gonna be our coach anyway. So I don't know, but then th- these the the these lists of candidates do look mad impressive. Um, that guy from Dallas we're interviewing Jamal Mosley. Mm-hmm. Apparently mm-hmm. he's uh he's a good name to watch. The and the Bucks assistant too. I forgot his name. 
Um, yeah. Um, and then there was another guy from the Spurs. We're actually, I tweeted this from our account, but like, yo, props to Leon Rose. He's probably the first Knicks decision maker to actually realize, oh shit, Greg Popovich coaching tree. That's uh, it's not bad. Maybe we should take a take a peek. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. And uh, obviously, Becky Hammond's <laughs> name is circling around in there. Mixed, mixed, and mixed reports on whether or not she's actually on the list of candidates. But I know a lot of Knicks fans would be happy to see her on the list and at least get the interview. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's that uh, that hometown aspect. You know, she played for the Liberty, was a legend. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely wouldn't be uh, mad at her being on the on the list. Um, somebody to interview. <coughs> um, and I can't really say I'm too too familiar with the other names on the list. I think the other Spurs assistant um, that I was going to mention was Will Hardy. Um, there was some good praises by him, by various reporters and what have you. So, yeah, I'm digging the process. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, if we end up with Thibodeau, at least I'll be a bit more comfortable than I was with it a couple of weeks ago just because we'll know for a fact they did their homework. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, we'll do Tibbs, Atkinson, and then Mike, Mike Miller, you know what I mean? And then we'll be done with it. It was just like, nah, they... They made their rounds. They did their research. They had mad time to do it, and they decided. So, yeah, yeah, can't can't be mad at the mad at the process. But um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of also feel like part of me, the conspiracy theorist to me, thinks is just like this is all just like you know, Tibbs is pancake deal. He has a job. They're just doing these other guys uh, a favor by interviewing them and raising their profile. You know what I mean? Or is that just me being like a Nick fan, bro? What do you think? I mean, there there are too many reports that stated that Tibbs had in the bag to ignore it. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's a very plausible thing to for to happen, and yeah. may, maybe just to make the uh, maybe Leon Rose is keeping up with what Nick's Twitter is saying and thinks that you know the the crowd or maybe or maybe he doesn't care what the fans think. But um, mm-hmm. I he, I see him as a guy who's trying to keep up to date with everything and understands how business works and to a point. Knicks fans are a big part of the business and keeping us in not I don't want to say in check but at least understanding what we want and trying to at least go by that go by that route or at least show you're trying to go by the route that the your 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 paying customers want is important so he might be doing it just to appease us or he might really just be doing his homework and might be he might be looking for a better assistant coach and that's why he's looking for all those guys so I yep. w- I would be yep. happy with Tibbs and probably most of those guys as his number two yeah and i'm like you know kind of a one of the trademarks of nick's twitter is just like connecting the dots so i did see just looking into udoka and then looking into uh mike miller's own connection mike miller like coached the g league spurs team for a couple years at the same time udoka was uh on pop staff Mm -hmm. so i think there is that that connection there so maybe you know if tibbs takes over udoka comes in as a assistant uh, because his boy Mike's there, but then that's just like an assumption. You know what I mean? Just trying to connect the dots. But um, but then yeah, that, I mean, but then what would Mike be doing? You're saying he's just gonna go back to being a G League head coach, and his boy's gonna be, take his uh, position? Or, or, or not? Just be on the staff too? You know what I mean? Or maybe Mike could be get the real job, and his boy Udoka come in as a lead associate, or vice versa. You mm-hmm. never know. I mean, I don't know. We don't know what Leon's thinking, but I definitely know he's not on Nick's Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or he might be. I'm in a burner account. Who knows? But um. I don't know. I mean, I, at this point, you know, I saw the, like a, a major sentiment that's going around on Nick's Twitter. Obviously, just like, yo, I think uh, 
think I trust Leon Rose here. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? And then that goes back to the whole point of having mad scar tissue because yeah. fucking three years ago, you and I was the same thing saying the same thing about Scott Perry. Like, oh, okay, you don't seem like an exact dumbass. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess we'll see. But um, yeah. there has been some free agent rumors. I mean, the Gallo um, rumors are kind of heating up. That definitely seems like a major target of ours. And there is that CAA connection. And I know you and I has exchanged some messages about Gallo. What do you think about a return of our old uh, Rooster? Do you remember that was his nickname? Yeah, I I like Gallo. <laughs> I think he was I he, I probably missed him the most once that trade with uh, Melo happened. And oh man! Obviously, for what the Knicks might want, which would be a playoff push, he's an excellent player. I know I pointed out to you that he uh, had a bit of an injury situation. He kept getting injured, and he wasn't playing as many games every season, but. Uh, the last two seasons, he's been pretty good. I think he's been getting like what, like seventy games, seventy games or seventy-five games or something like that. So his health hasn't been too bad, and there's still a chance that Chris Paul might be added as a sweetener to the deal, and we'll see what what OKC might want. Um, they might be trying to clear the books with Chris Paul, and maybe we want Chris Paul on the team with Gallo, and we might have like yeah, a seventh I mean- or sixth seed team. As you say that, I just remember that tweet I sent you. It was uh, David Zanon. Um, he's RJ's personal trailer, trainer, Mitch's trainer. And I think he trains Knox as well. And um, he's obviously clued into, like, agent circles because, like, you can't be that close to these players and these power players and not have, like, your ear to the ground. You know what I mean? So he was saying, he put out a tweet ominous. It was just, like, CP3 and Gallo and then, like, the fucking shush emoji or whatever the fuck. Some, something along those lines. So I sent that to you. Now, obviously, you had a fair rebuttal. It's like, yo, isn't it too early for these kind of rumors to be any kind of solid? But, like, yo, tampering happens, bro. You know what I mean? Like, that was probably the main uh, reason we got Leon. Uh, we need, we can't just, like, get a guy that's good at tampering. We need the guy that's, like, the kingpin of tampering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why not get a power agent? You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, I, I do put credence on, like, any rumors that are coming around about, like, oh, CP3 and Gallo, New York bound. And I'm obviously not going to get my hopes up. But, like, yo, we get them, too. And if we have one, maybe two years of good CP3 left at similar to the level he just played at, especially with this long layoff, fuck it, bro. Like, print up some playoff T-shirts, like, whenever basketball comes back for real. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll still have our first draft pick, our first-round draft pick to learn from. Mm -hmm. Ideally, maybe it's LaMelo who gets to learn from CP3 and just takes on as a six-man role, first guy off the bench kind of thing. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. Dude, I would love to have CP3. Again, it depends on his health. His health is obviously a big concern. And, uh, you know, a, a guy as smart as that to have on the team to teach the young guys that shit is priceless. Yeah, I mean, Shy Gilgis Alexander was just singing his praises like OD. Like, every day he asks him mad questions, and CP3 is, like, answering as patiently as possible, giving him all he needs to know to be the best point guard he could be. And to your point, like, obviously we'd prefer Melo to, like, the based on the little research I've personally done on the draft. You know what I mean? I'll just Same defer to the experts but apparently he's a generational passer and i'll see his clips i was like yep looks like a generational passer Mm -hmm. so but you know obviously with the Knicks, we need a point guard every year basically but apparently this is the year need a point guard in the draft it's a a bevy of them apparently multitude there's that kid that's from france as well um what's his name fuck is it uh killian hayes i believe was that a name is he french point guard he's definitely from somewhere from europe i don't know if he's french though I think there's a French point guard that's nice, but uh, there's him, Cole Anthony, Ty Halliburton. Um, yeah, this reminds good, me of crop. this reminds me of Frank's year. 
uh, when we thought when we were like we got to get our next point guard of the oh, future, man. and we thought Frank was gonna be gonna be that guy, but on that draft was also Dennis and. I thought it was Dennis, bro. Monk and I'm, I'm other ne- guys. Bro, these last two years of Knicks have made me, like, I've never been as wrong as I ever have been about both David Fisdale and fucking Dennis Smith Jr. And to be fair, I think Dennis still has enough talent to where maybe two, three years down the line, if he's on another franchise and he worked on his game and he actually, like, you know, clean what's between his ears and just, like, actually, like, uses his basketball IQ. I could see him winning, like, a most improved just because his talent is so crazy. He's one of them k- players that's just going to, like, keep getting chances because he's just oozing with so much athleticism. Mm-hmm. He's like Anthony Randolph. You know what I mean? How many teams try to convince themselves that, like, Anthony Randolph was had had some, you know, potential? Mm-hmm. The Knicks, <laughs> the Warriors, like, yeah. so many fucking franchises. So, like, I feel like Dennis, worst-case scenario, he's one of them guys. But I don't know. I think. Or he's going to be in China uh, in three years. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm ready to throw the talent on him. You know what I mean? But. I'm I'm saying this right now with all disclaimer that like if he shows like a pulse the next time we pl- we see basketball and he looks like the dude I thought he would I'm all the way back on a bandwagon like I'm reclaiming reclaiming my driver's seat on that bandwagon mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's looking very doubtful yeah and I'm I'm willing I'm I'm willing to say it's looking kind of doubtful for our boy Knox too bro I don't know it's only been two years but and he's still mad young but he does not look good uh, uh, I mean Knox he's 20 years old and this dude's minutes have been up and down for two years straight and there's just there's very little consistency not just in his game but his actual minutes so Knox we, yeah. we his jumper just needs to be consistent if he just plays like how he played the first two months of last year or this past season then we got a solid we got a solid guy solid minutes rotational yeah. player I think he still has potential dude 6'9 6'10 and at this point I'll settle for him becoming like a dollar store version of Tobias Harris you know what I mean because he's just been that bad the, la- the last two years. But it's also just like to the point that most folks make about RJ, he w- he's never really been in an ideal situation since he wore Knicks colors. You know what I mean? Like we talk about like RJ not having spacing. And, like Knox never has spacing either. In fact, not, we're relying on Knox to be the spacing. Mm-hmm. While at the same time when he does have the ball, we're expecting him to like be able to attack. But like there's no spacing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then his handle is not nearly as nice as RJ's. So I don't know. I mean – Part of me, like, obviously, like, I, I, I operate on the motto where, like, you give, like, a young player, like, three years, his first three years in the league to see if he's got it. That's why I'm out on, like, DSJ right now. I'm still on, on in, I'm still in on Frank. But, like, with Knox, I'm iffy right now. I'll give him this year. But if it's, like, another same kind of story where a year from now we're just like, damn, Knox is looking inconsistent. But I don't know. If he's still a question mark, then I don't know. I think he might be a question mark for the rest of his career, bro. But that's just me being pessimistic because as pessimistic as, I'm about no- as I am about Knox, I'm pretty positive about RJ, bro. Like, I'm 100% sold on him being, like, not the guy, but at least being, like, at best, like, a number two guy on a contender. What do you think? Like, we haven't had a good RJ conversation in a while. <laughs> um, I forgot what stats they were. I don't know if it's points, rebounds, steals, and some or something else. But it was pretty, pretty important stats and the numbers that he got. I, I think Tommy Beer, shout out to him. Uh, put it up. I think he was like one of three guys, inclu- um, one of whom was LeBron, and another, you know, MVP candidate player of the last 20 years to have gotten those numbers. So, I mean, people are going to be down on RJ for the first season as a 19 year old because he's always going to be compared to Zion and Ja because he was in between. Uh, he wasn't in between, but he was right after them. And the pressure of playing New York, he 
he has that it factor where the pressure just doesn't get to him and that is the same thing that got a hold of the other three guys including Frank Frank DSJ Knox they always buckled under the pressure at some point or they were they played very passive RJ's best trait I think we all agree is the fact that he's slashing and will try to dunk on anybody and everybody and even if he misses it it's fine that that factor where he's just not afraid of the moment, not afraid of anybody in New York. I think that's speak. I think that's the best thing about him, and everything else he can work on. Shooting, absolutely, yeah. he can work on it. But that that one that confidence level that he has, you can't teach it to every guy. And RJ yeah. came in yeah. with all the pressure and was able to, and he didn't succumb to any any of that pressure. So I I like RJ. I think I think in a couple of years he has very good potential of being an All Star, especially in the East, and. Uh, he could be a top. He could be one of our two, three best guys, along with Mitch. I think we're still waiting on that third best guy right now, or that Hopefully or that draft. that best player. Yeah. Uh, draft. But um, it, I mean, to wrap up on RJ real quick, it's just like, like you and I are both big believers in stats. Like they have their use when evaluating basketball, obviously. But like sometimes you got to rely on the simple old eye test, and RJ just passed the eye test for me, bro. Mm-hmm. Like the efficiency obviously was not pretty this year, but it's just like. We had no spacing. He'd be on the floor with Randall, Knox. You know, we love Frank, but Frank doesn't have a jumper. And maybe one other shooter out there, like Ellington. You know what I mean? And we're expecting him to go in there and just, like, be a playmaker. You know what I mean? His game is a playmaker. Like, that, the, the fellow I shot out earlier, David Zanon, says, um, I remember it was months ago. It was, like, a vague kind of Twitter conversation I saw. It was just, like, somebody asked him, how, how do you see RJ, RJ pro- progressing as a wing in the NBA? He actually said, like, I actually see R.J. Moore as, a, like, a point, like, like a guard, really, just a point guard, point point guard, point forward hybrid, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So how is R.J. supposed to play that game when he doesn't have, you know, the spacing or just just period shooting to complement him, you know what I mean? And as a rookie, I feel like, going back to the eye test, he just, when he gets to the rim, as a rookie, he was still bodying dudes going to the rim, you know what I mean? So when he gets under that NBA training like NBA diet really bulks up and just like becomes a beast. Like he might not be Jordan, but I could see like our, our, our RJ become like a slightly better passing version of like Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Like I've been kind of contemplating that trying to figure out what he could be in the so future. That's, like a, that's a actually a great Jimmy compar- Butler. That's actually a great comparison. Dude's dude's a 19 year old in like a 23 year old body right now. Yeah. And then Jimmy got his start. He didn't get big minutes until he was like 24. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's like five years from now. And, like, Jimmy, when you watch him play, he, like, RJ gets the Harden comparisons, but I remember Jimmy kind of getting that as well when he was starting to blow up. But, like, Jimmy's just more like, he'll fucking just body you to the rim. You know what I mean? He, he has, he got the jumper as well, but he's just, he's he's relentless just attacking the rim. And I feel like RJ could be that, but with a slightly better handle. And we've seen RJ make some slick passes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's got to get better overall to become, quote-unquote, a good passer at the NBA level. But we see, like, sh- flashes of it, you know? And a lot of times, you people get, like, misled by just focusing on the flashes. But I think with RJ, you got to look at the pedigree and just look at just – you just got to trust your eyes, bro. Right. Like, there's no way you could watch RJ and just say, like, no, nah, he's a, he's trash. Like, I don't see the potential for him to be any anything more than just uh, a six-man, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I and something with RJ, it goes on with the confidence. You can definitely say, dude's got swag on the court right now. And whenever you mm-hmm. think of Knicks players that has sw- who have had swag on the court, you you end up naturally just thinking about the best players that the Knicks have had the last 20 years. There, there isn't a long <laughs> list of them, but you think JR, you think Melo, you think Nate Robinson. Like, these guys have swag on the court. 
Yeah. And yeah. that that that, that has to be a factor to succeed in as yeah. as a Nick. That has to be one of those factors. Yo, you talk about like swagger, like I swear, like there were moments on the court, like when he was a rookie, it just like you could tell RG just wanted to beat Randall's ass, beat Peyton's <laughs> yeah. ass. Yeah. So I'm just like watching him. I'm just like, yo, this kid got the swagger and just ferocity at this age of 19. If like if that was fucking fourth year RJ, he probably would have fucking put Randall in, in like a fucking sharpshooter. Like <laughs> he would have whooped his ass on the court and just like took in the ball. Like, yeah. There's not a doubt in my mind that like alpha that those alpha qualities mm-hmm. that RJ's displayed, mm-hmm. those are gonna blossom. And like that, I feel like when you're in his position, you're tr- the highest draft picks is Patrick Ewing. You need that, bro, because. Like, that's where preparation, co- like, the best preparation comes from being confident in your craft and confident in your work ethic. And RJ got that in spades. And he's he's an alpha through and through. You know what I mean? Right. And I think I think he had some to give, too. I think he gave some of that shit to Frank. And we saw Frank's jumper just tighten up. He's, he is a big fan of playing with Frank. And that... Yeah, I love, it's, I love, it's, I love that little bro. That's, bro it's, invisible to, you know I mean? it's, it's invisible <laughs> that to see, but there there has to be some form of confidence boost that RJ gave to Frank that just helped Frank play a little better this season. And I don't want to say a little bit. He did play a lot better this season compared to his previous season. And I'm going to, I'm going to give some of that credit to, to RJ. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely got like a symbiotic kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause I could also tell just like some of Frank's selfless selflessness was rubbing off on uh, RJ as well. You know, cause there was a certain moments where RJ would just be having tunnel vision but then also there would be moments where he would, he would make that extra whip pass, that extra like, yo, know, sw- sw- like swing pass. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I definitely do want to see that rela- relationship blossom. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think Frank was a Rose client, um, like Rose was his agent briefly. So I'm hoping that dictates that like Rose will give Art, um, not RJ, give Frank more rope than Frank's been getting. You know? Because I definitely do think Scott Perry's not a fan of Frank, bro. Like, it's uh, all these point guards he's brought in. He brought his fucking his ex his ex lover Al- Alfred Payton from Orlando <laughs> to try to take our boy Frank's job. Like, I don't know. Let's just hope cooler heads prevail and Frank definitely becomes probably the first Knicks draftee to get a contract extension. That'd be kind of wild. He's the last man standing. <laughs> With Dot, you know let's I mean? not forget Damian Dotson. I don't know. Yeah, I love Dot too. Um, but I don't think he's we're gonna keep him, bro. Do you think we will? I I mean, based off the minute distribution, probably not. But I would hope so because whenever he did play on the whenever he did play, he was balling. So I don't see a reason for why he shouldn't be unless you you do find a better player than him. You know, I think it's just that like he's a little older. I think he's about twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, yeah. And like nobody in the current front office really drafted him, and especially like these front offices, they they'll value their first-round draftees, but the second-round guys, they're just, like, disposable. You know what I mean? As sad as it is to say. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that about covers our jam-packed episode. Talk some real, talk some hoops, talk some Knicks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to close this out? Yeah. So, for those of you guys who are listening and maybe watching, uh, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Subscribe on YouTube at Nickish Show. And a lot of the points that we made in the earlier part of the episode where we were talking about Black Lives Matter, that's that's about most importance right now. We talk about Nick's stuff just so it is it is our way to escape from whatever's going on in the world right now. But at the end of the day, it's not politics. It's it's really truly humanitarianism right now. So 
it's just being a fucking good person. Yeah. Like nobody's quote unquote perfectly good, but it's just like you gotta make the effort to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like And I think we as as men, as South Asian men and as people of color and just as as, as a person that you mentioned can do and ha- have to do better, including me. And um you know, yeah. hopefully we come out of this pandemic you know a lot better as as society but it, that's yeah, the, some off. people probably say wishful thinking but at that point you know what are you going to do so again if you guys if you see on twitter something mentioned about black lives matter just retweet it if you see there's a petition just sign it it'll take you 5 seconds if you don't want to sign it at least retweet it if you see a donation thing donate a couple of dollars or if not retweet it pass on the message don't let this movement die out or simmer out cuz it is happening it's happening to those who are a different shade than us every single day of their lives so we need to be there to support them and this this is it's a lifelong commitment you know i i what i haven't been vocal about it as much in the past and uh i've i only continue to try to educate myself on a daily basis and um you know i hope to continue to grow grow uh and learn more from it every day so I hope everyone listening can can try to do the same. At least try to make a similar commitment to continue talking about it. Don't don't let don't let the words "Black Lives Matter" become a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, and motherfucking arrest the killers that killed Breonna Taylor. Like that and Black Lives Matter. Peace. Till next time. Peace.